0: Welcome to Baltic World, I'm Charlene. I'm Crispin. And this is our week in review. Baltic World is a premier channel where we discuss important issues facing northern, central, and eastern Europe. But before we begin, how are you, Crispin?
1: I'm excellent, thank you, Charlene. I have discovered the rowing machine that exists in our building, which I'm now obsessed with. Like, I normally <laughs> hate cardio, like I hate sweating when I exercise, I like weights, I like, you know, just, just chilling in my private space, whereas now... I have to force myself to get off that machine. I, I, I miss my calling as a young rower. I guess it's part of the, you know, the Australian water sports culture. Mm. Uh, so that's been good. Uh, otherwise, I've been really relieved by the Rittenhouse house uh, verdict, which we will talk about. And if you are not relieved, it's probably because you've been lied to and haven't, uh, haven't actually watched the trial. And that's not your fault. That is the fault of the media. Yeah. Uh, and otherwise. Yeah, life's pretty good. Poker's been pretty good. Uh, we've also got our first patrons, which we will get into. Uh, how about you?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I've been good. Weather's warming up. I know. I saw a comment earlier this week saying, "Oh yeah, you guys are going into summer because Northern Hemisphere are all going into winter." Mm. Um, especially with um the I've been following the news on the the Belarusian Poland border crisis Mm -hmm. is happening and they're concerned because they're you know going into winter and it's getting a lot more dangerous being out there in the forest um but apart from that no life is being good i mean speaking of like going to the gym and stuff doing a lot of that i'm in the opposite like i don't really care too much about like sweating (laughs) (laughs) because i'm like i'm working hard you know (laughs) but yeah i'm just just
1: a bit of a cat i like being you know clean and yeah i'm not i'm not like a a clean freak or anything like that like when i'm camping or whatever it's fine but i don't um i just yeah i i don't i don't don't think it's pleasant i do like the feeling of of washing it off though when you get the shower afterwards and you're like ah it's like that's good but the actual process of it uh mind you the the exception is this rowing machine i i Can't believe that. Because I saw it and I would think it was kind of a gimmick. You see in the gymnasium, you see like, okay, there's all the real stuff, the weights, the... The treadmill, you know, like yeah. stuff that people kind of. And no, I think, oh, that's that's for people that don't actually really want to exercise; they just want to sort of sit, sit down there. and sit down and chill. It's right? not like
0: an ab King Pro that does nothing. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the that? thing.
1: It's uh, exactly. Uh, so I always thought it was a bit of a, a bit of a joke, uh, and then I, you know, I'd be a bit embarrassed being on it. But no, it's yeah. it's a really full body. I feel my back is a lot stronger. Like mm. all the muscles in my back feel like I feel like the motion you go through is really good. It, it get a lot of strength throughout the body without. Um, putting pressure too much on your joints. Yeah. So, yeah. no, it's, it's It really is a good
0: functional exercise. And a lot of um, my other background is gym instructing, and a lot of warm-ups use rowing machines because it uses the full body, basically. Yes. So, um, yeah.
1: Although I'm one of the, the kind of old boomers who uh, still use wired headphones, okay? And now yeah. that is no longer possible because on the machine, as you kind of... Because what happens is... For those, I'm sure most of you will be aware. You go backwards and forwards on it. And uh, I, I put the phone down with the headphones on the music. And at some point, the seat will run over the cable and break the cable. So I have broken like three sets of headphones this week. So I'm finally going to get wireless headphones and and reach the
0: 21st century. Okay, um, good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Like you're moving on from wired headphones. So. Before we get started, I want to you highlighted first about patreon now in my honesty i didn't think anybody would subscribe <laughs> because it's such a little channel, <laughs> and it is indeed my pleasure to announce that like, we have a few patreons and i just want to give a shout out is that okay
1: no we must give a shout out yeah okay. it's, not, it's not okay mandatory mandatory um, yeah so thank you so much i think we have four patrons now yeah okay, okay. uh We're thinking when we get like 20 plus, we will start doing special videos like once a month for the patrons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, uh, And we'll find a way to to make that work. Mm. Uh, Very happy and and thankful that people want to support this channel we Mm -hmm. do have big plans for where we want to take everything Mm -hmm. uh and uh, we will be coming to to the baltic next year and hopefully meet you all
0: i'm really appreciative honestly it's kind of like when you've been at this for over a year you're kind of like are people still watching are people engaging which has been great but for people to be like actually i want to support this channel financially i feel I don't know. I, it's a out of as well kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Like, so I, I will make the distinction for what Shalina said is that we've been content creators for Maloney. Of course, Baltic World has only been around since yes. September uh, and uh, with a highly specialized focus and a clear mission uh, to bring you know this critically underrated part of the world to a global audience. Mm. Uh, so, if you haven't become patrons yourself and you would like to support the channel, please know that, that this will all be invested in the channel. We're not mm. making any money out of it at the moment, no.
0: uh,
1: and uh, and so all, all the contributions that you do make do go back into creating more content. So, yeah, um, better, so better thank
0: videos, you. better content, and yeah, we're just thank you so much. Mm. So, go give a shout out, and if I ruin your day, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yep, first ever, guys. Yep, uh, Daito Main.
1: Dietomain. Dietomain, yeah. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Uh, VA, that's all we had as a username.
1: Yes. Now, we did have their Gmail when they, because we do get the email addresses that they sign up with, and that did have a name. So, uh, if you want to like raise your hand in the comments below, we will give you a shout out next week if you want to yes. be named, but we were just using your Patreon display name for, because we don't have your permission yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Edmund Engelman. Thank you. Thank you. And,
1: and, and I remember you giving some really cool comments as well on our channel. So thank you for, for that.
0: Yes. Can you say that one?
1: <laughs> okay. So you, you have to learn this name because it's a very common um, Lithuanian name. So Vitutis. Vitutis. Uh, and the last name, I'm just guessing. Uh, Mikalainis.
0: Mikalainis.
1: Michelinus. i hope that's right okay yes, thank definitely. you very much guys you're the first ever patreons of uh, baltic world mm-hmm. and uh, welcome aboard hopefully we can give you some value
0: yes for sure i did also see an, a movie i've oh, forgotten the name of the movie Red something on netflix um from ruth Ryan reynolds have you heard of that movie no nope. red notice from red notice and the rock okay so it's on netflix this week i watched that and it was okay again i think you've ruined me of being like 90s cultured as i was looking for different character development but there's one female um character in there and for those who know what the movie's about um won't spoil it but again no pro no progression she's hot she can do everything and anything she just turns up they the two main characters struggle to go to do this and then she just freaking turns up it's like so easy (laughs) Uh, <laughs> i was like no and yeah and other towards other people like it's a great movie it's so funny ha, ha ha but it's like but there's no development but a lot of punching because i mean whatever. Like, whatever
1: yeah i mean not not every film needs to be like of highbrow quality some of them can just be good popcorn films i saw this film oh. uh with mila jovovich recently as like a monster hunter film <laughs> at the cinema and honestly, like <laughs> there is nothing in that film that makes any sense, and it, the whole thing is completely ridiculous. But I enjoyed it, right? Like I, I was like, I want to see some monster fights, and there was, and I was satisfied with that because it met my expectations. Where, where things go wrong is when things are marketed as like, you know, the second coming, and uh, mm. and turn out to be another rule by committee Hollywood virtue signal if you think of all the the elements that needs to be in a modern hollywood blockbuster in order Mm. for it to get funding one is not offending the chinese so if you take that away yeah well that opens up new storytelling possibilities Mm. then there is going to be the whole get work go broke kind of thing so people will start to realize particularly in an environment where um you know cinemas are not doing very well where everything there's a hyper competitive market and streaming services and so forth that you will end up potentially um, going, okay, how about we give fans what they actually want? And that that mm. will open another element. We see that already with the new Ghostbusters film. I haven't seen it. I've heard it is kind of, you know, it's not a great film. It's kind of one-dimensional in a way. Yeah, but yeah. it writes out the 2016 Ghostbusters thing entirely from Canada. Like, is it that never existed? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to paying uh, respect to the original film in a way that... Um, you know, wouldn't have happened three or four years ago. And so hopefully, it, you know, customer choice will will win out. Uh, it was delayed for a while because Disney sort of took over everything. They bought Fox. They, You know, Universal Studios isn't a major competitor, really. Mm. So it was really run by their private political agendas. But as um, the money drifts elsewhere to other centers of power, mm. um, then they're going to have to start doing what the market wants. And that's thankfully people... Still, know what's good and bad as a rule.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, give and take. Like, I didn't expect much from the movie. So, mm. if you look at face value and it's meant to be comedy and action, I guess they fulfilled those two buckets. And if that's all the movie just wants, to do, that's it. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I they, they're such big names. I would have thought they, they're actors picking their movies better, but, um,
1: well, the uh-huh. next thing that I've gotten slightly excited about is next year, Paramount Plus are releasing, apparently, I saw a teaser trailer for it the other day, a Halo television series, uh, uh, which I know that when The Lord of the Rings first came out, the series had finished, um, There, were, Microsoft wanted to start a Halo television show. And the thing that they did in their, their sort of press releases, we want someone as committed to the Halo universe as Peter Jackson was for Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Mm. And who did they go to? They went to Peter Jackson. They're like, okay, we'll give you 150 million US, which is a lot of money back then, to make a Halo movie to kick us off in this world. Mm. Uh, and I can't remember exactly the reason why it wasn't made. I think uh, there was there were some behind the scenes issues. Uh, and also, I think Peter Jackson had difficulty trying to make the Master Chief the main character. So for those that are unfamiliar with the Halo franchise, Halo is, of course, a series of computer games released by Microsoft. And there is this Master Chief who's always in a suit of armor, like head to toe. Mm. You never see his face in any of the series. And he's called the Master Chief, and he's a so-called Spartan, right? Like a warrior who, who as a one-man show, goes and blasts away the the Covenant and the Flood, right? Um and they're like, okay, how do we make this main character compelling if he's basically Robocop? Right? Like yeah. he's just, you know, thing the whole time. Uh and I think that was a big factor in why Peter Jackson opted not to do it. Um, he was trying to like because he, he had a certain standard he wanted to meet. Yeah. I, I think with the 20 years of CGI and computer graphics and things that have happened since then. That is more possible to do. You can you can develop the character in a different sort of way using graphics that will help humanize that that mm. individual, um, and uh, also the other characters, the AI mm. characters, the other you can actually really make them come alive as well. Mm. So you can make that world real. But I would love to see a show based around you know Halo, the Covenant, the Flood, like you know the the Rings. Um, so as an as a epic sci-fi Star Wars type film, um, I hope I hope it's good. No. And it's also one of those things where you can be relatively quote unquote woke without um, ruining the story. It might ruin the story, um, but you are talking about a future age in the stars, you know, you know racial diversity, all that doesn't really matter because you're gonna you know obviously but the thing that I despise, is when you shoehorn "quote-unquote" diversity into things that make absolutely no sense. So, for example, the Black Anne Boleyn, you know, in the Henry VIII movie the BBC released, you're like, "This is England in the Middle Ages." <laughs> <Right>?
0: oh, <wow. laughs> Middle, Middle
1: Ages. Henry Henry VIII did not marry a black woman, right? There's nothing wrong with having a black character, even in Tudor England. But you, when you've got something that is historical and you're doing a mm. historical drama. It really creates a suspension of belief if you're not casting people that make sense for that, that domain. Um, that is true. I think one show that did it really well was Vikings, right? Like, you have you know, they're Vikings in Scandinavia. So they're all Scandinavians. That makes sense, right? They only introduced, like, these shield maidens and things like that, which don't have a huge historical basis. But, uh, but still, like, by and large it was faithful to that period. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that really uh, adds to the immersion and and the value. So there's nothing wrong with diversity when it makes sense. And I think science fiction is the best domain for wokeism in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, uh, and I I don't want to use the word woke, let's just say diversity, um, because wokeism sort of implies a virtue signal, which I don't like. But like then then you have... um, a perfect excuse. All of humanity is working together are up in the stars, yeah. okay? Uh, you would expect diversity in that circumstance. Unfortunately, it can be ruinously bad, such as with Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard, which I think are the two worst shows ever to disgrace modern television and and uh, also have ruined a franchise that I have loved since my early childhood. So uh, they can be done badly. But still, um, in terms of just you know sheer representation, let's say, um, science fiction is the is the right domain for that.
0: Mm.
1: When you're going into the past, not so much. So Halo, you could get away with that, and that would be perfectly fine.
0: Mm. Never watched Halo. Well, it's well, got the be best watched. theme song ever.
1: Okay. There's a there's a film on YouTube you can go watch uh where, you know, girls wondering what boys do in the bathroom kind of video, right? One oh, of those kind of okay. joke videos. And uh and so these girls, they have their phones, right? And they they sneak up in the boys' bathroom. And like this is a high school. And they moving open on. the door. Uh, and there's like 50 boys seeing the Halo theme.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on.
1: <laughs> Can confirm.
0: So weird. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's actually move on to what had actually happened this week. So, Rittenhouse? That's his last name. Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. Now. I haven't really been following US politics for very long because I think when Biden took over,
1: it got very we, boring. It got very boring, and the
0: news never really covered it. um But one thing they did cover was Black Lives Matter. And Carl Rittenhouse has been found innocent, not charged.
1: Not guilty. Not, not guilty.
0: guilty. Yeah. Not charged, not Charged, guilty. but not guilty. Yeah. Yes, that, <laughs> that
1: way, not guilty. That's what the trial's for. Yeah. yeah, no, no 100%. Uh, okay, so before I go on in this issue, for those that are aware of the trial and are very upset about the result, uh, you can put the whole thing into two Venn diagrams. People who are upset about the result, mm. people who watch the trial, okay? That there is. They are completely separate circles and i say this because the people who are upset about it mm. got their information from media sources that wanted to capitalize on portraying this individual as a white supremacist who went out to you know gun down innocent demonstrators supporting the black lives matter movement and they because mm-hmm. they knew that this would Generate clicks and and Mm. get views because it would, you know, touch all the trigger points. And so they misrepresented Mr. Rittenhouse in the worst possible, reprehensible Mm. way. Can we go from the beginning? Yes. So
0: this was during the, it was in Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin. And he apparently had to go help out his friend. Yes. To look after a car yard. A car yard. Mm -hmm. He had a firearm that wasn't his. That's right. So he was 17 at the time, but he wants to go protect the car yard. So he, he goes to Kenosha and... Okay, so this is during the
1: height of the Black Lives Matter protests uh, in November last year, so four yeah. year ago, Uh at this stage, it wasn't a protest so much as massive rioting and looting and violence, okay? So mm. Kenosha was on fire. The, the police cordoned off like a 10-block radius area uh, in which there was just utter mayhem. People, mm. you know, setting uh, vehicles on fire, buildings on fire, uh, graffiting everything, torching everything, smashing everything, yeah. um, smashing up each other. And uh, the... There was people like Kyle Rittenhouse who are asked to go and look after particular buildings um, to to stop you know people from rioting and looting. Now he gets there with mm-hmm. his friend. Uh, he hands over his body armor because he's like, "What I'm going to do? He he wants to be a nurse. That's his life goal. I don't think he'll ever get that, but <laughs> he was um, he wanted to be a nurse and. Uh, So he had a firearm, Mm. which he was legally allowed to have. This is something one of the many things that are misrepresented. He was legally allowed to have. That Mm. charge was struck out by the judge, Um, and he went around Kenosha cleaning up graffiti. This video is of him for the whole day cleaning up graffiti, uh, uh, giving like medical care to people who've been Mm. hurt, like providing bandages and whatnot, Uh, and. Uh, putting out fires. He had a fire extinguisher, yeah. and someone would light a fire, and
0: he put it out. And put it out. So wait, so he legally could have the firearm.
1: He could legally have the firearm, yes, because uh, the the law in Wisconsin is you can't have certain types of firearms under the age of eighteen, i.e., sawn off shotguns, like small arms, things like that. He needs it needs to be of a certain size, sure. visible, which an AR fifteen is. Like he, he, it met all of the um, dimensions, okay. and uh, the prosecution. Which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Agreed with that, so that that charge was completely dropped. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know, not dropped in the media, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole thing, like he crossed state lines to be in Kenosha. He lives 20 miles from Kenosha. His father lives in Kenosha. He works in Kenosha. So this was his local neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Kenosha is in South Wisconsin, and he was in like the far north of Illinois, right, right across the border, um, and. So anyway, so he goes through all this process. He's, he's trying to help people out. Yeah. And then when uh, the mob um, of rioters and looters, and they were not legally able to be called anything else in the courtroom because that was precisely what they were doing, uh, were turned on him. He was chased by someone who promised to kill him and he ran, which he wasn't legally obliged to do, until he was cornered. Mm. Then the person that threatened to kill him then charged him and attacked. He's a 17-year-old kid. He's a full-grown man. Now, this man, I won't go into his rap sheet, but he is the worst kind of person in terms Mm. of criminality, Uh, Mr. Rosenbaum. He charges him, and then when he is less than four feet away uh, and Kyle has nowhere else to turn, that's when he fires. He fires for less than a second, okay? Mm. The bare minimum, like that he needed to do to stop the threat. And the only person that was injured, or in this case killed, was the person that physically attacked him, right? Mm-mm. He then puts his hands in the air, yells out that he's going to the police, right? And his, his hands are in the air. Like, like his gun's down here, his hands are in the air. It's like, I'm running to the police, right? Yeah. The mob starts chasing him. For two blocks. <laughs> A guy runs up to him, hits him in the back of the head with a rock. He stumbles. He keeps running. He then gets. there's a guy who runs up and kicks him in the head, right? He falls to the ground. Another guy comes running up with a skateboard and tries to whack him in the head. And here he's prone on the ground. He turns his gun and he shoots at it, right? That guy goes down. He gets back up. Another guy runs up to him with a gun pointed at him. Mm. and gets shot in the arm, right, and lives. And then Kyle, with his hands up, finishes running away to get to the police. That was what happened. All the kinds of clear-cut cases of self-defense that have ever happened, Yeah. that's the most blatant, Ah. right? It was so obvious that he should never have been charged, that he didn't do anything wrong, but you would never know that. If you were watching normal media reports, like first of all, that that most of them said that the the victims were all black, right? Demonstrators. So he was a white supremacist gunning yeah. down black people, standing up for black lives. Well, of all the victims, so-called white. white, were all white. They were all had. They were all lifelong criminals. Like, full
0: ramp sheets. What really annoys me is his media didn't tell them, like, didn't tell the world that he was running away. Like, he ran away from people who were trying to abuse him. And And he only pointed the gun when he saw an immediate threat to his own life. (laughs) And that wasn't portrayed in the media. Like, what is your job, media? Like, what is journalism meant to do? (laughs) Tell the truth? Um, like... And... I
1: mean, but they look. To be frank, oh. they only lived up to the standards of the prosecution. So the prosecution of in in many of these stories, there are not true villains. There are people that are selfish, people who um, who who have taken advantage of a situation to betray a particular thing, so, yeah. and the reckoning for the media will come. They will pay an enormous mm-hmm. sum for what they've done to this this poor boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to true villainy that honour goes to to a man called Binger in the prosecution. And why is Uh, that? Because he blatantly lied in the prosecution. Like, the the reason why it took so long to to deliberate was to, to go through all of the false evidence that this prosecutor portrayed. And so this was corrupt. And I don't say this lightly. So when you're a prosecutor, your goal is not to roast the person on the stand or roast the defendant, right? Mm. Your goal is to find the truth and Mm. bring justice, okay? So if you're the prosecutor, you're also half the investigator. You want to have all the evidence there, all the facts, and when you bring a case against someone, it's because you think that they are guilty of a crime and you're going to demonstrate that through the weight of evidence to a jury. Yeah. the, the defense lawyers are the ones that are supposed to be the scums of the earth, getting people off and you know doing all these kind of lawyer tricks. Well, in this case, the prosecutor just absolutely violated everything. So first of all, he disobeyed openly a whole bunch of rulings that the judge had made prior to the trial. Uh, he commented on the fact that Rittenhouse had uh, exercised his right to silence, which is not admissible in court. That is a perfect right. Uh, there was uh, a, a thing that had been struck out um, Kyle Rittenhouse had made a comment like a year and a half before about wanting a gun in case there was some kind of like riots or something like that. Like, this is like a completely different context yeah. two years before the judge is like that's not admissible now here's the thing not only did it bring this up in direct violation of it almost caused an immediate mistrial I think it's fine if, if you bring that up then the defense should be able to bring up the history of the people that he shot right (laughs) yes (laughs) because because if you look at what they have done i think this jury would have made a decision very quickly right uh so but that was inadmissible because that that, and that's fair right because it's not actually relevant to the trial like was he exercising his right to self-defense even though these were the worst kinds of people uh and that any jury if they'd heard this like they wouldn't even got to the end of the trial. Like, we're ready to make a verdict. Uh, the, the, um, the, it's not admissible because it's not relevant to the actions on the night, okay? Mm. And so, uh, Binger, in, in an attempt to prosecute him, really...
0: And then you told me about the video. So how we all know this information is because there's clear footage of, A, he's running away, and there's drone footage of everyone there. Yes.
1: So if you want to see what happened, you can look it up online. It's available. What's supposed to happen is that the prosecution um, submits all evidence before the trial. But Mm. they said, look, five days into the trial, they said, we want to admit new evidence. We found a video. And the judge allowed it. They're like, okay, well, this is something the jury should see. Uh, Now, any evidence that is introduced to the trial must be provided to the defense for them to review first Mm. to allow them to prepare their witnesses Get their experts to look at it, all of this stuff before it reaches the jury. So the the high definition FBI footage was provided to the prosecution. The prosecution was obliged to provide that footage to the defence. What they did was that they provided a lower resolution of that footage, so you couldn't see anything. If you look at the, what was provided to the defence, it's just crazy. Okay, like it's just it's a blur. And the defence had no objection to showing it to the jury because they're like, well, you can't see anything. So, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, we have nothing to say on it because you can't see what happens, right? They introduced that footage in the high definition to the jury and that was the first time the defence actually got to see that footage was when it was shown in court. Uh, the judge was put in a very difficult position because at that point uh, they Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. So they... So...
1: They, they lowered the resolution.
0: The prosecution lowered the resolution, gave that to the defendant. The defendant were like, well, I can't see anything. So, yeah, that's good. But then they had the HQ video, mm-hmm. which they then that would provide that to the jury. And, 100%. That's
1: exactly a, what happened.
0: And they were like, what is this video? We have never seen this video almost. Like, exactly. Because it's a night and day. What?
1: Yes, that's exactly what happened. And the judge... He went off at the... Process. Like, he sent the jurors out of the room and he lost his... Because he, he'd already yelled at the prosecution several times during this trial. The defence immediately filed a motion for mistrial with prejudice, which means that uh, the trial is thrown out and the prosecution can't retry it, aye? Mm-hmm. meaning that the the prosecution did such an egregious offence that mm-hmm. the, the, the um, defendant walks. Now, this was...
0: That like, part of the trial, you mean? The whole trial. Oh, the whole trial. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, like the, and this. there were several things that happened, including what I said before about introducing things that were totally unacceptable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the judge was just like, his, his face was in his hands. He was like, okay, all right, we are where we are. We're going to get to the end of this trial. If the jury returns a guilty verdict, mm-hmm. I will have to review this application for a mistrial with the view that this might actually be a mistrial with prejudice now if you think about what could happen in terms of worst case culturally imagine there was a guilty verdict from the jury Mm. then the judge throws it all out with prejudice so that he can't be retried could you imagine america in flames at that point they'd be like oh, Kyle Rittenhouse, guilty for killing innocent people, blah, blah, blah. But gets off Scott. Gets off because the judge threw out the trial after the jury had found I mean, that would have been Mm. just beyond the pale, right, in terms of how destructive. But it would have been the right decision. Mm. Uh, But thankfully, the jury just did their job.
0: And then I remember you showing me the video of how uh, one of people that attacked Rittenhouse was saying... (laughs) That okay, so Rittenhouse didn't point a gun at you until you pointed a gun at him. And he was like, Yes. And then you see a shot of the prosecutor being like, I've lost. <laughs> I have lost. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because absolutely. that is
0: the key to self-defense. You do not you have to match the line of attack with a line of defense, right? Like
1: Yes. I mean what uh. what the Oh, this is the thing that I was gonna say. So um there was another thing, and this is where the the prosecution should be prosecuted themselves
0: i really hope so yeah.
1: uh and that's because and what and, and charlene hasn't heard this so it should be reacting live uh, <laughs> but, but the yeah. uh, when the, there was an opening statement mm. the binger the prosecutor said that uh car in house was running down these people and cornering them and shooting them i rose and and something like it's like there, there were online jokes about this is like if you watch the video in reverse you can clearly see say kyle <laughs> chasing after like all this kind of <laughs> if you want to in reverse <laughs> um, all, all this it's, uh, there's some funny jokes out there but that was. But when you're a prosecutor, what your job is is to have an opening statement that says, "Look, this is what I'm going to argue. This is the evidence you're going to see as a jury, and then tell their narrative such that you you conclude this beyond all reasonable doubt." Sure. Well, early on in the trial, it was obvious that that's that whole line of logic was totally nonsense. There was no at no time did Kyle do anything to chase these people down at all. Completely the opposite. So there was a bait and switch halfway through the trial, which is not allowed.
0: What's bait and switch?
1: Uh, where he changed, it, he changed the, a line of attack. He said he's not guilty for chasing these people down.
0: Oh, wow. He's,
1: chasing, he's guilty because of provocation. Huh? So that means that if Carl Rittenhouse was walking around pointing his gun at people, right, mm. and then someone attacked him and he shot them, mm. he would be guilty for at least second degree murder because he had instigated a series of events that led to the violence right that 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 you know these people apprehending a serious threat attacked him and then he shot them you can't say self defense so if you go up to someone with like you know a knife and threaten them yeah. and then they get out a baseball bat and attack you and then you stab them that's not self defense you've actually being the instigator of the violence, if you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So you see how that works? Okay. I see how that works. Right. So so this is what th- that he said. Now, there was no footage that showed any of that, but there was a photo that they worked on for 20 hours with, quote-unquote, AI enhancement, right, which made it look like he was pointing a gun uh, now, AI enhancement is not admissible, but the way they sold it to the to the jury, uh, so to, to the court, was that this was a, a still image and that this was just fixing up the pixels and stuff like that. They weren't actually changing the image.
0: They changed the image.
1: So within half a day of introducing this photo, because there is a photo that maybe looks like he's pointing a gun. Well, the first problem is that his gun's in the wrong hand, Right. So, Rittenhouse is Mm right-handed. Every single bit of footage, drone footage, start to finish, he's got his gun, he's got it in the ready. It's like this, right? Well, in the photo that is enhanced, he suddenly got his gun in the left hand. And this was introduced as evidence by the prosecution to the jury to say he was pointing (laughs) his gun at... Like, it was just absurd. And then, uh, and the defense, like, once they looked at it themselves, had their own experts, they're like, okay, clearly... What he has is his is shoulders up and his gun's pointed down. That's why his shoulders up, like clearly. And the strap is going that way. The only way it's pointed is if he's got his left hand and it's clear as day. Like anyone could see it. It's like this is a doctored photo. The prosecution introduced a doctored bit of evidence to sway the jury. Um, oh, my God. Like, they, they, it's just unbelievable. And, and the reason Binger is doing all this is because he's, like one of the pathways to political power in the United States is as a successful prosecutor. That's where Kamala Harris became vice president, for example. Uh, Can
0: this guy go to prison?
1: I think like, he should. I like, think he should. I think he's he's debased the profession of law.
0: It's it's crazy. It's like you know this is a be like a DS game. You know have you ever played Ace Attorney <laughs> like <laughs> on the DS? And you have to look at the pieces of evidence. It's in the left hand, not the right hand. Like that kind mm. of detail that they have forged I am so angry. Can't believe how did he graduate? Like. The, oh my god! Because
1: like, he saw that this was a trial for media, not not a pursuit of justice.
0: Not a pursuit of justice or truth. Like you have just <laughs> lied. Like how do you live with yourself? It's, and like this person was seventeen or eighteen now, but like, mm. and you're bullying a child essentially. Like for your career. Like really? Wow. Like you're you're a big person. Like oh my god. It's like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway so but so they saw that and then what had happened to that piece of evidence so they
1: well the the um the judge regretted allowing it to be introduced uh and it was discussed in closing arguments i think that the jury did work out eventually that this was not an appropriate bit of evidence mm. um, and the defense was quite effective in explaining what this photo actually was um and uh but once the judge like because the judge had to make a ruling on whether to allow it and he, he regretted that decision he, he said like when the jury went there he said look i kind of regret allowing that into evidence um Mm. Uh, because it was applied like the, the the prosecution brings it to the court say look we hadn't introduced this prior, prior to the, the court hearing yeah. we need your leave to introduce this as evidence yeah uh, and as a consequence uh, it was introduced because the judge gave leave i think the judge was trying also to be extra fair to the prosecution because he had gone off at them several times for breaching the rules in his rulings. And he mm. wanted to make it look like he wasn't out to get
0: get them. Yeah.
1: Get them or to to advocate for the defendant that so he probably made a decision that he wouldn't have made normally. Mm. And after the fact he's like, where this is ugly. So he knew that um if the jury returned a guilty verdict, this whole this was gonna get messy. because um, mm. there were so many appealable um questions and the and the debate over mistrial was Already tended to the court, so uh, mm-hmm. thankfully uh, justice was done. Um, none of that really matters now. He's is free, uh, and hopefully he he gets restitution for all the wrongs done to him. But if you're at home, if you're upset that Rittenhouse was uh, found not guilty. Please note that this is not about Black Lives Matter. This is not about uh, you know whether or not uh, the justice system favours a particular demographic of people or not. Uh, this is purely about the facts of this case and if you watch the trial it would be impossible Mm. for a reasonable person to find this this young boy guilty when he did everything possible and i say this as someone who if i was in his shoes and i and i I say this with some embarrassment and humility if i was in his shoes i would not have been able to act with the restraint and respect for human life that he showed He, he did everything possible to avoid violence. He did things that he didn't have to do.
0: Yeah, he didn't have to run away.
1: Yeah, he's like. not. He had just as much right to be there as anybody else. Uh, he did everything possible, and it was only when he was cornered and there was no other possibility, no other option, that he uh, defended himself, and only against the people that were in the, the hairs' breadth of mm. of doing him serious harm. So. Kudos to to his presence of mind. It does really
0: bit. speak to a bigger message of the media and the role of the media in these kind of situations. Of mm. uh, just, I don't know. Like, I already didn't trust the media. Now I really don't like the media. <laughs> I can despise the media. Can they just get lost? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, that's why we have Baltic World, <laughs> a trusted news source that you can absolutely rely on to bring their faithful, balanced viewpoints on major issues affecting uh, Northern Central and Eastern Europe. Good call. call. I
0: love how you should diffuse the situation. Okay, maybe we should move on. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. All right, from the US, we're going to travel back to our region. And the border crisis uh, is getting heated up. But I kind of want to explore the timeline a bit more of how Mm -hmm. we got here, right? So... Let's start off with Belarus and the election that which happened. Yes. So Lukashenko has been a long-term president, and what happened at that election? So we recently had election last year.
1: Yes. So uh, Lukashenko is, is, I think, like March last year. Um, um, Lukashenko has been in power since 1994. Uh, the longest-serving of any leader Mm. in Europe. And most people in Belarus can only remember a time when Lukashenko was in charge. Lukashenko refers to himself as Putin's little brother. I don't think that Putin ever refers (laughs) to him that way. (laughs) Uh, But uh, he sees that Belarus is being an acolyte of the Russian Federation Mm -hmm. and his uh, role as leader as being essential to the stability of the country now people can laugh and criticize at that uh to be fair to that argument though we have seen instances across the middle east and elsewhere where strongmen have been removed and the consequence has not been democratic peace but violence and civil war Mm -hmm. so we saw that in egypt uh libya syria like all you know the, the so-called arab spring
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: of course ukraine because when ukraine uh went through its sort of colored revolution so-called yeah uh, it wanted to join nato and the west now russia will not allow that to happen with belarus we, we can be assured of that yeah. they, they will use extreme military force to prevent that outcome so when we talk about freeing belarus which we all want we want to have democratic reform. We want Lukashenko to be transitioned out. We have to be mindful that the end game of this is not likely to be Belarus. Uh, as Being
0: part of the NATO.
1: Yeah. The, now, uh, the Lithuanians would like nothing more than that to be the case because they mm-hmm. sort of see Belarus as their Ruthenian compatriots who suffered under Soviet occupation, mm-hmm. who are part of the great Duchy of Lithuania, because most of modern-day Belarus used to be part of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania, and the Polish-Lithuania Commonwealth. So from the perspective of the Lithuanians, they see the Belarusians' place as rightly in the Western sphere, not not, uh, with the Russians.
0: But their soul, the Belarusian soul?
1: Well, that's contested. So I've actually, I mean, I I won't go into the private discussions, but I've had the privilege of talking to uh, Zviatlana like advisors, her government in exile, various meetings, and I've asked them this question. I'm like, look, what's the truth of the, the Belarusian identity? Are you, you know, Polish, Lithuanian, Commonwealth like compatriots, or are you, uh, you know, Orthodox Slavs? Mm. Uh, and they said, look, you know what? It's funny you ask that question because some people in the European Union are like, why don't you pledge your support for the European Union and join the European Union? Then we can support you properly, right? Like if you say, look, we we aspire to be part of the European Union, well, the European Commission can say, well, we've got these democratic opposition figures that want to support the European Union. Let's mm-hmm. give them all the support. But they don't say that. They say, look, we don't know whether we are, um, you know, primarily like Orthodox Slav kind of Russian types mm-hmm. or we're Ruthenian... Um, Western compatriots of Lithuania. What we want is to be able to decide that for ourselves. We haven't been able to have that discussion because Lukashenko has dominated um, all media. But what we need is that debate for ourselves and the right to choose for ourselves. We're not saying we want to join the EU. We're not saying we want a bad relationship with Russia. Yeah. We're just saying that we want to have self-determination. And that that is a perfectly fair and also strategically clever line of reasoning um, now one thing i would say is that they're they're both true right so on the one hand i would say that belarusians are in their heart of hearts orthodox slavs okay but if you watch our history of lithuania series you'll know that there was a sizable orthodox population of ruthenians who spoke ruthenian dialect from belarus who all through the history of the polish Lithuanian commonwealth Remained loyal to the Commonwealth even when they were fighting Russia um, mm. and fellow Orthodox. So even though they might share a religion, that doesn't mean to say nationally they felt, you know, like they were pro-Russian. They could be pro-Western. So this is this remains to be seen and uh, is still unfolding as we speak. The Russians are deeply afraid that that kind of internal one of two things could happen. That internal. Um, discussion could lead to violence because mm-hmm. they might not agree on who they are and what they believe yeah. uh, or uh even worse from a Russian point of view they decide to join NATO um, and in which case Russia is then completely surrounded yeah
0: uh,
1: and Russia will not allow that to happen now when they don't we... allow
0: that to happen because alpha threatened
1: yes I mean they see the Belarusians as Russians you know they like like they see the Ukraine mm. Uh the, and they will they will use military force to prevent their incorporation into a, a military alliance that was formed to, to fight against them. Yeah. Uh, now, with that in mind, we must remember that whatever outcome we end up with with Belarus in the in the future, and I hope that we end up with you know peace, stability, democracy. Mm. It, it will not be with Belarus as part of the EU and NATO for the foreseeable future because. Uh, I don't think the Western powers will militarily support Belarus in a fight of independence against Russia, and I don't think, uh, personally, that let's say Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, uh, yeah, let's say they did support Belarus militarily against Russia, that that would be um, you know an outcome that that anyone would tolerate. So I, I don't. I would like to think that this can be done straight through negotiation, that, that the Belarus can be a bridge between Western Europe mm. and Russia where it can actually improve relations between Poland, Lithuania, and Russia because they are dealing with Belarus on a kind of even basis and, yeah. and respecting one another. Um, and maybe that will improve dialogue over time. I, I'm talking a bit, uh, I know, idealistically here. Like some people will be like, you know, you, you, yeah, you're The ideal middleman. man. Uh, yeah, but, but there is potential there um more likely it descends into violence and chaos yeah uh, and uh, russia would prefer to have lukashenko there than than that outcome uh, that's not to say that lukashenko and putin get on very well i mean lukashenko as i said in the video threatened gas supplies that are running through belarus to europe mm-hmm. that is not in russia's interest uh russia doesn't want lukashenko to be a loose cannon i want him to sit there quietly and and do whatever Moscow wants. Mm. Uh, and also Lukashenko is getting to the end of his life, really. He's an older man. Uh, and so there will be a transition just by you know, natural forces. And uh, that is something that the Russians have to think about. I mean, if, if there is a power vacuum, then power will flood to the opposition. They're, they're unified. They've got a clear government in exile. Uh, there's a, a popular support for them. Um, the KGB in Belarus uh, are, you know, are basically ruled by fear. That's, that's inherently unstable. So there will come a point where there is a reckoning in Belarus, whether uh, Russia wants it or not. Mm-hmm. And so they should be thinking about a transition for Lukashenko. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I just want to pair it back. Mm-hmm. I think you're deep diving into something. I'm just thinking, yeah, like, yeah. to the person that doesn't know about the election that happened last year, it was contested because... Apparently, it wasn't a fair election at all. Well, uh, look, anyone who's been in power since 1994, <laughs> right? Like, th- did the opposition lose that
1: bad? <laughs> that they did not lose. I mean, that, it was a stolen election, clearly, right? Like, there was no uh, independent observers, the ballot counting, the, the, the media was totally controlled, opposition figures were being uh, barred from, from running, they were being mm. arrested. This isn't This isn't a free and fair election by any standard that we would know in the West, but even so... Uh, it's pretty clear that the opposition would have done a lot better than the results indicated.
0: Um, mm-hmm. So there
1: was obviously some kind of yeah. corruption there.
0: And then that happened, and then there was a bunch of sanctions put on yes. Belarus, you know, and places like Lithuania spoke up about um, having free and fair elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, um, who's the opposition leader?
1: It's Takanovskaya. Her yeah. husband had been arrested by um, Lukashenko yes. and has been in prison. Uh, and so she. she's kind of become the the main figure now
0: yes and then she left because she had to <laughs> yeah she's right. in uh lithuania yes she's in lithuania as well um so then there's that so then belarus is kind of annoyed or luciana is annoyed that all sanctions are on their country and then that's kind of what motivated him to start this refugee crisis yeah, so I,
1: I have a lot of time for Dr. Lorenz, a Polish analyst uh, at the Polish Institute of National Affairs. And he put um, he put Lukashenko's motive down to, to three main issues. One, sanctions relief. Mm. Two, the uh, recognition of him and his regime, Lukashenko. Uh, and three, taking revenge on those that are harbouring the opposition. Uh, if we talk about this in turn, well... Uh, and I go into this depth in the video, so so if you've seen it, this is a bit of a, a repeat, but uh, Erdogan of Turkey last year had 3.6 million refugees that he threatened to flood Europe with. This was during the Greek migrant crisis. He says, I want money mm. to keep them here, and we can house them here in Turkey, but you have to pay me. Yeah. So they paid him 6 billion euros for that privilege. Now, Erdogan has managed to get rid of these people anyway by sending them to Belarus to be placed on the border, uh, so, really, so he's taking the money from Europe. Now he's trying to flood Europe with these migrants anyway, but just via Belarus. And the Russians, uh, via Foreign Minister Lavrov, have come out and say, why don't you pay off uh, uh, Lukashenko as well? And so the Europeans, who have already paid off Erdogan, Erdogan has sent these people to <laughs> Belarus, and then the Russians have the gall to say, well, you should pay off uh, Belarus.
0: Oh, we, should, feels... we should just
1: send those people to Morocco, and then they pay off the Moroccans, and however many... However many countries that can flow people into Europe, you can you can pay off for the same people. It's amazing. Um, it
0: makes me feel sick that you're using these people's pawns, like, mm-hmm. and they've
1: recycled them too. Like
0: if it's from like, <laughs> yeah, like,
1: uh, yeah, it's a recycled crisis. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so the, the Europeans have to stand firm with Poland and, and Lithuania and Latvia on this. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And I had stories of like Belarus, like um, governments, like just supplying them with like the things to break the fence and everything.
1: Yeah, there are all these reports. I mean, I suspect one of two things will, One one of two things are going to happen. Either uh, Lukashenko will realize that he's not succeeding in um, mm-hmm. flooding Europe with these migrants and We'll take these people and send them back or house them elsewhere or the humanitarian crisis will deepen because we're heading into winter now in the Baltic. It's a very unforgiving climate at that time of year. Uh, We've already seen some human tragedies, which I outlined in the video, and this will get much worse. So this is a real test of resolve for the eu because they're not like australia for example is a very strict country on immigration and that sort of stuff so like people we we, we're not going to open up the borders because um people are stuck somewhere we just just won't um but that's not true for europe europe is much more sympathetic um Mm. to to these issues and uh the poles and the and the thwains and latvians are trying to secure their territorial integrity and mm. as the humanitarian crisis deepens, that resolve will begin to fracture, no doubt. Like, as we see images of people suffering, yeah. that, that will turn people's stomach. And, and mm. people have to remember that it's Lukashenko who's doing this. It's not people protecting their own countries. It's, it's the mm. uh, Lukashenko regime who's dumping these people on the border with no help and no support. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll
0: see. Yeah. Um, yeah right. Can you imagine that? Like, can you imagine... Lukashenko, his regime, like enticing these people from their home country. Yes, they're suffering and they're looking for a better life and be like, You can have a better life. I know how you could get there. Mm. Giving them false hope, false promises, dumbing them on the border, thousands and thousands of people, and being like, Go forth. Like, they're suffering. They're Mm -hmm. absolutely suffering. And what, and this is, I guess, another role for the media. What I'm seeing in the media who covered this is very interesting some angles couple cover the way that you know you've spoken about but others are really picking their cases of you know the children the mothers pregnant women like all these strategies that have happened but that's that does they don't understand the context of which is happening they're in the rapport of the individuals and yes it is a humanitarian crisis do we always have to treat the symptoms or what's the cause of that humanitarian crisis um yeah i mean that, that's
1: how the media lies we have always talking about that today know, the vast majority overwhelming majority of of migrants on the border are young men mm-hmm. uh, and we've seen the tragedies that have happened with the young men that have entered europe already um there is nothing wrong with refugees like you, if you go to a refugee camp you know somewhere in the world they've been processed through the unhcr you can get an entire family, you know, husband, wife, kids. Yeah. You take them, you resettle them. That's that's good. There's that is, that is a good international citizen. But flying people in by the plane load who are primarily economic migrants seeking to enter Europe and, and
0: Germany in particular mm. uh, is... Yeah, with no background checks. You don't know what their actual intentions are. Mm-hmm. Like they could be quite well off. You don't know, right? They could be
1: quite well off and they could be violent.
0: And they could be violent. Like, you really have to think of worst-case scenario.
1: If we go back to what uh, Lukashenko wants, well, there's also the recognition. So he's had phone calls with Angela Merkel. That is a highly contested subject in Europe, whether that should have happened or not.
0: What do you Uh, mean? Why?
1: Well, because uh, there is a sort of consensus among the European leaders, that they won't deal with Lukashenko. They don't recognise him as president. They think that he's leading an illegitimate government, that he stole the elections, uh, that he is a, a brutal dictator, inconsistent with European v- values and ideals. So they
0: don't communicate.
1: They don't communicate. Now, no no uh, Western leader has spoken to Lukashenko since the, the stolen election last year. Uh, he hasn't been invited to any leaders' meetings or anything like that. He's been completely frozen out of the diplomatic...
0: Um, space. Oh, he's like a black sheep, hey.
1: Yes, and uh, the flooding of the migrants forces Europe to contend with him. Mm. Right? It shows that he can act as a spoiler. We see that with North Korea as well. People ignore North Korea, but until they set off a missile somewhere or detonate a bomb, then they have to deal with North Korea. Okay. Mm. Uh, same with Lukashenko. If he's not being like acknowledged, then he will show that he has the ability to undermine the interests of the European Union mm. and that his personal power is such. Of that of a sovereign he controls territory he's the leader of a country yeah and they have to deal with him and so angela merkel's phone call i think there are two of them now uh, acknowledges that de facto reality that that he is the leader of the country and western european uh, leaders have to deal with him
0: yeah
1: i don't see this as a massive diplomatic issue myself i'm like okay look they're just realities i'm i i'm not like a protocol over substance kind of guy. Mm. I think, look, let's just be pragmatic. Yes, he is the leader of Belarus. He's not the legitimate leader, but he is the leader. And uh, he needs to be acknowledged as the person you have to deal with when you're dealing with issues related to Belarus. I personally don't have a problem with Angela Merkel calling him. But but many people see this as an unfair concession, that he's basically extorted this out of Western Europe,
0: Mm -hmm. which he
1: has, but... You know, it's 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 a fairly trivial thing, really. He's had a couple of. Karma
0: fuels like, and and
1: like if if it adds any benefit, it's worth it. And uh, Angela Merkel's leaving anyway. And from what I heard of the readouts, she didn't call him president or anything like that; just Mr. Lukashenko. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I don't have a problem with it, but but a lot of people do. A lot of people see this as you know giving in to this this pressure but from uh, lukashenko mm-hmm. uh, and then of course taking revenge on those that are harboring the opposition you know lithuania has been very active poland has been very active in promoting democracy human rights rule of law freedom in belarus and uh, Lukashenko hates them for it, so he's wanting to flood with migrants as a kind of a personal act of vengeance.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess like the way forward, what we're going to see now is kind of time, really. So once we get into winter, the borders going to be more secured. Also, what I don't like about the news, right? They don't mention Lithuania. Well, Lithuania had this problem like months ago, and there was no coverage. I'm like, uh, we know <laughs> <laughs> that Lithuania were the first to be hit so by this. That's true. They all talk about Poland. I'm like, well, it is important, but so is Lithuania. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: Lithuania was in front of the pack, right? They're the ones that harbored, uh, you know, Svelana, Takanovskaia and her government. They're the ones that really pushed for sanctions against (sighs) Belarus. um, And also, you see this in other ways. Uh, As of yesterday, the office from Taiwan Mm -hmm. has officially opened in Lithuania. Um, So they're the ones that have been like the leading lights. But, you know, Poland has its own fight within the EU. True. You mentioned about the judiciary and things like that. So this is another, uh, you know, you can kind of group these countries. And so Baltic world uh, as a channel is quite lucky in that uh, the kind of outlook and interests of these countries are generally aligned. I mean, I, I know, you know, there are issues between Lithuania and Poland and so on. But uh, the, the broader, like, thing within the EU, within the wider world is um, kind of aligned and, and i and thankfully kind of aligned with my own view as well mm. uh so it, it's it's good from from our parochial channel perspective um that these things are happening sort of
0: together yeah mm. so i do want to so way forward like is it just time we just wait to see like the eu would has made the decision not to fund or not to pay um pay out this Lukashenko, I think. At the moment. At the
1: moment. And I I think with the securitization of the border, uh, the fact that Poland has shown itself to be serious in pushing people back,
0: Mm. that is
1: contested within the European condition. There is a, a person who came out who said that they are uncomfortable with the pushback rules? That that does go counter to kind of EU tradition and law. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the polls are absolutely right. They need to do this because these people are not genuine refugees. They're, they're manufactured. Being, it's a manufactured, artificial crisis. Yeah. Uh. So so long as there is solidarity around that, then re- resolve will hold. Hopefully, uh. The and, and you, they need to wait this out. They need they need to recognize it's going to get worse before it gets better. Sure. And in doing so, um. It'll deter this happening in the future, uh, so that that's necessary. There's another angle to this that remains to be seen. There has been a mass of arms buildup in um, by the Russians in Yelna, uh, east of Belarus. The Americans are concerned not so much that they're going to Belarus, but that mm. they might create a land corridor, attempt to create a land corridor between Russia and Crimea. Um, uh, I invade eastern Ukraine.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: I don't know how serious that is, uh, but that would be a way that Russia could escalate the crisis. Another issue is whether uh, NATO Article 4 is invoked. So Poland's uh, prime minister has been in consultation with Lithuania and Latvia as mm-hmm. to whether or not to formally invoke the NATO charter. If they do that, that, that binds the other NATO countries to send support to further securitize the border mm. i think that would happen if one of two things happened the, the level of military uh, kind of exercises between belarus and russia increases so yeah. there've already been paratrooper exercises and things like that if that if that dramatically scales up mm-hmm. then poland and lithuania will apprehend a military threat and they they will invoke article 4 um, or if uh, there is a crisis in ukraine yeah. um, they will invoke article 4 or if the um, migrants are provided with more serious weapons, so at the yeah. moment they're using projectiles and bottles and things like that, you know, injuring police. If they suddenly find themselves with, with guns yeah, um, and and are storming across the border, then uh, Lithuania, Poland,
0: Latvia, that they'll invoke NATO support. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be a bad I make a bad joke. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, make sure you capture them running away. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <Okay. laughs> uh, well, we will definitely be covering this story as as it unfolds. Um, yeah. So stay stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah, mm. for sure. I think there's anything else to talk about. Are we
1: good? Uh, well, we were going to talk about men's health. Um, I I just remember that we'll do that next next week. Oh yeah, uh, we wanted to uh,
0: recognize but, um International De- um International Men's Day. Yes, sure. yeah. Charlene
1: sent me an article that uh, I've been having difficulty with. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll discuss that <laughs> I next I realise how
0: lefty it is, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs>
1: In other words, not based on facts. Uh, the, <laughs> that's, a, that's a teaser for next week. Um. Um, we are burning our way through The Witcher. Uh, so we will be doing our first ever Baltic World Book Club video. Probably like 1st of December or something, we'll try and release. We'll do a monthly mm-hmm. um, and and we're setting up timetables for all the content. So at the moment, you know, you get videos from us like as much as we can do it. Um, we're going to try and become more scheduled about mm-hmm. when we publish videos and things like that so that, that you, the audience, have greater sense of confidence as to when to race home from work and watch our stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the things we will trying to do is have a set day each month for the, for the book club. For those that didn't watch last month, we're doing a book club for uh, basically that region of the world in terms of literature. So yeah. uh, Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, uh, Finland, Sweden, uh, Belarus, all of, all of that region in terms of their, their fiction. And we're starting with The Witcher, uh, which is you know, a wonderful Polish book. I'm Finding it absolutely fantastic. Really enjoying it. Looking forward to talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, nearly finished that first book. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, great. Great. I think that's all the time we have for mm-hmm. yeah, today. Any questions, any feedback, please leave them down below. Again, thank you for your support, especially to our new Patreon. Uh, stay safe and
1: ciao for now.